You excited? Yes, you are. No, 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 no. Scream it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Cue the Jonah Hill meme. <laughs> it's my first day. <laughs> Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is January 14, 2022. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Samantha Beltran. And I'm Andrew Nazri. Um, who the hell are you again? Oh God! Oh God! Okay, no, I'm. <laughs> who am I? No, so I'm Samantha Beltran, but you can call me Sam. I am from the lovely and chaotic city of Manila, and I am the reporter for Coconuts Manila. Thanks for asking, Andra. Who are you? Yeah, no, I'm um, so. I, I'm the the longtime host. By long time, I mean I joined uh, Coconuts podcast like midway through last season, and um, in this new season, season three, I'm your co-host. I'm from, uh, I live in Jakarta, and I'm the editor for Coconuts Jakarta. And um, since this is the first episode of this season, I thought it would be a good chance to uh, uh, you know kind of introduce ourselves a little bit more to our um, legions of listeners. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna ask you some questions, and Sam, I guess you can ask me some questions. They can be a bit personal. I don't mind. So I'll Ooh. I'll go first. Okay. Are you a okay. cat person or a dog person? I am actually a dog person. I have four dogs at home. I like to call myself a fur parent. I got a puppy mid last year. It's a it's a mix. It's a Shih Tzu poodle mix, and his name is Presto, and I love him so much. So, what about you, Andra? But no pressure at all. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a dog person who owns a cat. How about that? Oh wow, that's interesting. So, yeah. how did that come about? So, I live in a pretty small house. I wouldn't know what to do uh, if it poops in the limited space that we have. <laughs> One thing we're really passionate about it and coconuts is food. So if um, if I were to ask you to nominate a national dish from the Philippines, what would it be? Oh man, you asked me the heavy question. I'm probably gonna get canceled on Twitter for this. No, wait, I have to think about that. Oh, definitely. Um, oh god, this is gonna be such an unpopular one. But um, fried rice. <laughs> What? Garlic fried rice. Was, yeah. <laughs> I was I was hoping you were going to say something like balut or something like that. Oh no, God no, not balut. Like oh my God, I'm I listening. see. Like it's yeah, it's not a good representation of Filipino food. You know, I mean, like if you don't want to like have somebody come over and be like, oh hey, welcome to to my house. Do you want to try like? An unborn duck chick or or whatever. I mean, you know, right? Like it doesn't make like a, a really good impression. Like, why won't you let that person try something? Like, that's probably like the greatest thing that your mom's ever gonna serve. And my mom never served me balut like ever. Like, it always had to be either you know something on a dare or hungover because it's actually really great hungover food. You're a bit of you're a bit of an adventurous person, but not really. That's who you are, Sam Beltran. Ah, yes. What about you, Andra? Would you say you're an adventurous person? Um, yes, but I wouldn't go anywhere near the ocean because I have a phobia of dolphins. That is something. No! Uh, that is uh, something a lot of uh, people who know me already know. So I'm like, this isn't like a secret or anything like that. I'm I I kind of put it out there uh, anyway because I don't want people to be innocently like giving me like their phone screen and be like, hey, check out this video of a dolphin because I'd be fucking terrified of that. 
even like when you're owning your fear a video clip or like even a picture of a dolphin like be fucking terrified of that so yeah i can do anything on land on air i don't care but you know never put me in the water from a man painting artwork with his pp to alien worshippers in bangkok coconuts tv brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region don't miss out Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. So I'm uh, moving on with um, random questions, Sam. Are you scared of clowns? Oh my god! Short answer is yes. What about you, Andra? What do you? What say you about mm-hmm. clowns? No, I think they're amusing. But what? But in Bali, um, something not so amusing happened recently. There was this clown. Well, this guy who kind of is like a street busker who dresses up by a cl- as a clown and is, you know, like by all accounts, a fucking clown. He's he. This guy's facing up up to nine years in prison for assaulting and stealing from a woman who is a uh, like a street fruit seller. So this guy, uh-huh. he um he hit her in the head with a rock, and he, no. and he and this woman is like. This woman is pretty old. She's 57. And he hit her in the head with a rock. And he knocked her unconscious. And then, you know, he was hope- probably hoping to- that she was got- she was carrying a big uh, load of cash. But she wasn't. She was only carrying 15,000 rupiah with her, which is like a dollar American. Oh, wow. And he swiped that off of her and her Nokia phone. <laughs> Throwback to the uh, 2005 there. It's so sad. Like, yeah. Why? Why? So, so this guy isn't actually from Bali. This incident happened in Jambrana Regency, uh, but this guy is from Banyuwangi in East Java. That's like the easternmost city of Java Island, and it's where you would go to uh, if you if you were driving from Java to Bali, you would go to Banyuwangi to like to get on a ferry, hop on a ferry, and then cross over the Bali Strait to the island of the gods oh wow so this guy this guy is probably this guy's been um he's try he's been trying his luck as a street busker in 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 bali the clown get up is actually pretty common throughout in throughout indonesia these days i don't know why they think that is appealing because as you say like it it terrifies you and it terrifies a lot of people but um he hasn't been making a lot of money but he's also desperate to go home and um that's that's what kind of forced him to do this terrible act which is oh, which no. is kind of which is actually really sad that is really sad like i'm i'm not yeah that that's super sad so when you say he's a busker like what sort of things do they do on the street like is is he a singer or is he like a i don't know is he like a clown for for laughs or, or whatever yeah like, i think what? i think it's i think it's more of the latter um, a lot of um, like street performers in Indonesia, they just dress up uh, and then they kind of just stick their hands out for money. Um, oh, wow. we have clown, we have clowns, and then we have like what we call like silver people. They're just they they spray their whole body uh, in silver paint. Sometimes even their kids as well. We we actually did a story about this last year. It was pretty sad, and you know like that a paint can actually like damage their skin and whatnot you know oh no that's so, so yeah sad. it's just like wow factor but they don't really do anything they don't really sing or anything like that just you know it's basically begging but dressed up so, so a clown down in his luck had to like hit a woman with a rock 
and steal from her, thinking that he could go home with whatever little that she had. That's yeah. so sad. Yep. Goes to show it's not all fun and games in Bali, huh? I know, I know. But like, I guess just to kind of like lighten the mood a bit, because I was a bit, you know, heavy. Apparently, the worst food crime has already hit Bangkok for 2022. And get ready for this. And I'm not even sure how you feel about it. Get ready for this. Ramen floats. What? Can I say I'm not, I'm not totally opposed? Huh? But do, do huh. describe the story, if you please. Yeah. So apparently, there's this kind of like this trend where there's like this ramen shop in Bangkok where somebody posted or like the shop posted a picture of a KFC soft serve cone that was floating in a bowl of, of ramen. So basically, it's vanilla ice cream floating in a sea of spicy soup. And then Burger King got on the trend as well and then did their own take on it. But of course, they don't have the ramen in the shop, just the ice cream. And then basically said, oh, hey, guys, this trend is catching on. Guess what? You can put like the Burger King ice cream cone on top of the ramen. So, yeah, what say you? Because, I mean, it has a cone and everything. So I'm sure it's probably going to be like all soggy when it gets on the soup, right? So Yeah, uh, um, um, this whole time I'm thinking, you know, um, some of my favorite cuisines are um, Indian and um, Greek, you know. And they, they use like a lot of yogurt. And right. dairy based, dairy based like sauces and their and their dishes, right? And this, this, this for this, I'm thinking, sure, like an ice, uh, like a vanilla ice cream, sweet. But once you put it in spicy soup, maybe kind of the, the spices and the umami ness, maybe kind of over overpowers the sweetness. Maybe that would kind of like give you that that um that same kind of effect as you would in like a, a biryani, you know. For sure. Like you definitely have a point there. I mean, I, I get the whole like I'm not opposed to the whole yogurt on, you know, on savory stuff. But what I don't get is why the freaking cone? Like, what is that going to add to to the bowl? You know, you know what I mean? Like, besides probably like a few seconds of, a, of an Instagram pic or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, well, that's you being cynical. Well, if you, if you allow me to um, play devil's advocate again, um, don't you sure. don't you in the Philippines don't you have like um, soup dishes where you put like crackers on them? Crackers on them. Maybe like prawn crackers, or sometimes even I don't know what they call them. But you know, in Indonesia, we do that a lot. Okay, like so with- we have one where you put pork cracklings, which we call chicharron, which is basically like a really crispy, yeah, crispy pork cracklings. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And what at 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 first bite that crackling, it's kind of crunchy, right? And and mm-hmm. that's 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 pleasurable, <laughs> I suppose, right? <laughs> but then yeah. over time, over several minutes, it kind of becomes soggy, right? Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. And that's and that's another type of of um pleasure in your mouth <laughs> but they're Word both the they're game. both they're both like enjoyable in their own ways you know what i mean and that's i i guess like a soggy cone would be okay i guess but like to counter your point so like just to counter it like prawn cracklings will have some sort of flavor on them right so even if it's not that crispy it's going to impart like that bit of like that you know that prawn goodness into your soup or what have you but like, what about a freaking cone, man? I guess, you know, whatever floats. Well, we got to try boat. this. <laughs> I know. Okay. We don't even have to go to Bangkok to do this. I mean, right? we, can, like, just we go- can just get ramen and just go to McDonald's. I know. And- 
Exactly. Like probably even it probably even work with like instant ramen if you don't want to spend too much or if yeah you would just want to do a quick trip down the down down the store and then just get like a soft serve from from McDonald's or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. we've 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 established earlier that you have a, a an adventurous spirit. So I I say uh, I don't know. You go on Instagram or whatever. Uh, do a story of doing exactly that, and I will give you a like. <laughs> what what's in it for me andra no okay so challenge accepted but you have to do it as well and then we'll probably go on instagram and then probably talk about it on the next episode <laughs> and like yeah probably no promises probably no promises so i'm um, sam moving away from ramen um yes. do you get nfts do you understand what they are i have no freaking clue like anytime anybody mentions something crypto I'm out. So what what say you, Andra? Should we get on the well, NFT train? <laughs> I just wanna bring attention. I just wanna bring attention to this coconut Jakarta story though that I actually wrote. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> about this guy, this Indonesian man who um who took he took selfies of himself from pretty much like the same angle, the same pose, ev- like almost every day for five years. And then just uh-huh. for kicks. He he sold his selfie. I mean, he posted his selfies as NFTs on um, on the uh, NFT trading platform OpenSea. It's that's a pretty huge platform. And in recent days, for some weird reason, uh, his NFTs have been selling like hotcakes. And um, as we speak, and it's very likely that he's probably sold more um, as we're recording this. But okay. he has sold. No, it's not that he sold, but. His his selfies are, are trade uh, like almost a million dollars U.S. dollars of his selfies are trading are being traded on the platform. What? Just, no way! Like these are just random crazy. selfies. So like basically, if you don't understand NFTs, it's that the only difference uh, you would have with, for example, me cop- uh, like saving his selfies to my like personal stash of weird uh, random people selfies, right? Yeah. The only difference with uh, if if this were this this was an M- NFT, then you would have like a some sort of digital certificate that kind of notifies everybody else that you are the sole owner of that selfie. Okay, so anybody who's bought like a selfie of this guy basically has like an original certificate saying, "Hey, I officially own his selfie." This Is that per- how it works? This particular selfie. Yes, that's this kind of how it works. This particular selfie. Okay, so I'm yeah. looking at like I'm looking at the pictures right now. And I mean, you know, I gotta say, I admire the commitment of having to take it at almost the exact same angle, like almost the exact same place for 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 years. Like, what's that's crazy? Mm. So I guess, in a sense, in a sense, he probably deserves, you know, all the rich and like the riches and the fame that he's getting right now, <laughs> just because of that dedication. Like, goes to show that you know, hard work pays off. I don't know. Yeah, but this is yeah. also like basically winning the lottery. I'm I'm guessing that a lot of people are going to try to do this now. It, this is being talked about um everywhere in Indonesia and also on like global cryptocurrency forums as well like on Reddit. People are basically going, "How the fuck did this happen?" I and know. Can I what? do the same thing? Can I do the same right? thing? And the answer is probably no. I mean, this is like a one one-off uh thing. And the thing but, is, the, yeah. the reason people are asking about it is, of course, they want to replicate it. Like, that's the only, that's probably, like, the only reason <laughs> they'd be asking, like, how the heck did this happen? 
and how can I get in on it? But like, like yeah. okay, so before we move on, like I want to ask though, like how does that happen? Like how does how does a random selfie or like a random series of selfies get valued for a million dollars? I mean, Mr. NFT expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the short answer is I don't know. This is totally random, and he really, really, really lucked out. I mean, there have been really random random NFTs that attained absurd values, like random gifts or artworks that are worth like thousands of dollars. I mean, this guy's selfie, uh, one selfie uh, costs at least $1,300. No, sorry, $1,100. Um, wow. So yeah, I don't know who in their right mind would buy that, but apparently a lot of people, like hundreds of people have already bought his selfies. So yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe in 10 years, there'll be like a whole study on what motivates NFT purchases. But I can't tell you. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll probably crack the code 10 years from now. But right now, it's like a freaking... Yeah, anything goes. Yep. Okay, cool. So, Andra, by any chance, are you a Potterhead? I share the same birthday as um, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say you share the same birthday as Harry Potter himself. But yeah, anyway, that's cool. That's no. awesome. No, I, I believe Harry Potter was born on the uh, on July 31st. But Daniel Radcliffe and myself, uh, we were born a few days earlier, July 23rd. Wow, same year and everything? No, um, I'm a year older. Okay. okay. Yeah, just so give I away my age. Shit. Like... Oh, shit. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, um, I, am I a Potterhead? Kind of. Yes, I I enjoyed the stories growing up. Um, I I was actually kind of nerdy looking like him, uh, and I had like big round glasses as well growing up, and I had his hair uh, as well. So yeah, I guess you could call him yeah. a Potterhead. Minus the lightning star. Yeah, actually, I did read the books growing up, and then I also watched the movies. But yeah, so here in Manila, this local cake shop actually created an exact replica of Aunt Petunia's famous cake in Harry Potter. So this particular cake appears in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And I'm not even sure if you personally remember this because I didn't, which might probably, you know, like cast some doubt on my whole Potterhead cred. Dobby, please, no. Harry Potter must say he's not going back to school. I can't. Hogwarts is my home. Then Dobby must do it, sir. For Harry Potter's own good. But yeah, so it's not as mainstream as the butterbeer chocolate frogs, but it's the cake that appears in the movie where Dobby visits Harry Potter's house. I mean, the Dursley's house. And then they have a guest over. They have like, I guess his boss is over or like Mr. Dursley's boss over. And then so mm -hmm. he makes the cake float over the wife's head and then Dobby because he's trying to stop Harry Potter from going back to Hogwarts crashes the cake on top of this guest's head so it's that exact replica and it's actually pretty amazing like I'm not even sure if you've seen it but it's really really freaking like it looks so identical but it yeah. does it really does it yeah does. I know but like, it would be so amazing to to have that as a birthday cake I feel like you know just that whole yeah, the whole old Well, you know when my birthday is, so... Right, I'm going to send you a cake <laughs> from Manila <laughs> to Jakarta. Um, <laughs> Hoping, praying that it doesn't uh, melt. <laughs> here's a question, though. Okay. Chamber of Secrets is the third movie? Yeah. 
it's one of it's one of the it's one of the early ones, right? It's the second one. It's the second one. It's the second and one. I, My apologies. Yes. Um, Dobby was in the second one. I thought he came in a bit later in the series. Okay, so to be fair, my memory has only been refreshed, not just because this is my story, but also I had just finished watching the reunion special last night. So no, so Dobby, he was in the second film. He appears there for the first time and he is the house elf of the... Yeah, so he was with the Malfoys at that time. And then, you know, like the whole right. sock giving thing. And then him, oh, Dobby's a free elf. Things like that. Yeah, so, yep. Second movie. Is your favorite Harry Potter character Hermione? What do you think? It's Sky Blue. No, I'm kidding. Of course my favorite <laughs> is Hermione. I mean, like, practically every every little girl growing up who was probably a bit of a know-it-all and probably a bit of a nerd in school will always, always, always relate to Hermione. I mean, right? I mean, okay. you just have to. Yeah. What about you? Who do, is your favorite it. character? Do it then. Oh, no. Hang on, hang on. Do it then. Do what? Do it. It. The voice? What do we mean? It's it? Leviosa, not Leviosa. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, <laughs> You're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. You do it then if you're so clever. <laughs> it's Leviosa. No, no, that's that's freaking wrong. No. Okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Oh, wait, that was so Thank bad. <laughs> it's such a bad accent. Emma Watson, she's amazing. Hermione's amazing. Yes. Harry Potter is amazing. And her supporting yeah. Palestine does not equate anti-Semitism. Let's just put it exactly. out Exactly. I was, I was going to say. Thank you for that really that pissed out. me off, that allegation. Anyway. I know, I know. Okay, let's, um, let's move on to Singapore. Good old Singapore. Last but not least. Um, have you been to the Singapore Art Museum by any chance? Um, let's just put it out there. I have not been to Singapore. <laughs> but Singapore is like our hub. What's wrong with you? I know. Well, 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 maybe. Knock, knock. Coconuts. Maybe, you know, <laughs> send your girl a free ticket over here. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's just never come up. The opportunity has never come up. So definitely on my, on my go-to list, I love street food. I would fly for a weekend just to have, you know, the street food if, if I could. But yes, I've never been. Yeah, I'm going to so refrain I, from, yeah. talk, from talking shit about Singapore. But I do. I really do enjoy the food there. Um, you know, but every place has got like shortcomings, which I'm not going to mention. I know, right? Because because this is a positive, positive podcast. Yeah, from anyway. not perfect guys. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So the Singapore Art Museum, also known as Sam. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's they're launching. Cool. They're launching their new larger space by the shipping ports of Tanjong Pagar District Park. With like some installations by local and regional artists showcasing everything from mushrooms that make music. Seriously, okay. mushrooms that make music. Oh, and the man, uh awesome. and and um yeah, apparently like all these progressive rock um individuals, like I guess the radio head kind of figured out that mushrooms emit sounds. Anyway, you gotta go you gotta go over there to kind of listen to the the, the music that mushrooms That's so interesting. produce. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. One um, <laughs> one uh, installation kind of that caught my attention was the was the mandatory flirting zone. A mandatory flirting zone. What what the heck does that mean? Um, if you go over to Coconut Singapore and you check out uh, Carolyn's story, you'd see that 
they've like set up corners where there are benches that kind of like force people to flirt with each other. What? Basically, the manifestation of Tinder in real life. Right, right. Because mm. I mean, like when you go on Tinder, nobody goes on there to be like, I mean, I'm not even sure, but I heard that there's like an option to find friends on Tinder, but nobody really goes on Tinder to find friends, right? It's like everyone's on like, hunting mode once they go on tinder so that is interesting i mm. wonder mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have I you wonder. ever been like in college maybe have you did you have did you have like um what did you what did they call them like traffic light parties i have no idea what that means what is a traffic light me, party? Uh, uh, so you have dress codes based on your availability oh so, so right, if you're right. red so like, if you're red you're taken if you're green if you are green you're single if you're yellow, if you wear yellow, then you're just someone who has a hard time committing. <laughs> Basically. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you're, you're like in, the, in between, right? If, if you're wearing yes. yellow. Quote, unquote, it's complicated. Quote, unquote. Huh. Yeah. Personally, so basically, I've... so yeah, so basically, like the, the premise of the party itself is the icebreaker. So you go to these things. Um, you know, to find a mate and uh, you don't have to kind of like tiptoe around speaking to people, right? And I guess that's that's the uh, whole point behind this forced flirting point thing in the Singapore art museum. Sounds like you've had a lot of experience with traffic light parties. Though. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've always gone to them wearing green and I always came out wearing green. So, yeah. Aww. But oh, I just is... brought that. That okay. was really depressing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I wonder, like, did it make you feel like, oh wait, I'm in, I'm in a green shirt. That girl's in a red shirt. I probably shouldn't. Like, does it, does it sort of limit you in that aspect? Well, for timid guys like me, yes. But you know what I've noticed that now that you brought this up is that um, the guys in red are usually the more the more confident ones, anyway. Huh. So so huh. yeah, they they they'd be talking to girls in green. They'd be talking to girls in green, and they're probably the same people who beat the red light too, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. See. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're making they're a cool the, relation here. They're the go getters of the world, and um, yeah, we're off on this really really long tangent now. So, I know. Um, just, I know. <laughs> just, just going I mean, back. And we totally <laughs> forgot to talk about the mushrooms that make music. <laughs> oh no! Just yeah, just. You yeah. have to see it for yourself. So yeah, do visit the yeah. Singapore Art Museum. Right. Go, guys. Visit the Singapore Art Museum. Listen to the mushrooms that make music and you'll probably find a new mate. Speaking of Singapore, we're actually talking to Carolyn Chiu of Coconut Singapore today to talk to us about anti-vaxxers in Singapore. That's so hard. <laughs> Okay, so for today's interview, we are going to be talking to Coconut Singapore's associate editor, Carolyn Teo, who will be talking to us about anti-vaxxers in Singapore. So hi, Carolyn. Thanks for Hello. being with us here today. Hi. Hey. How's everyone? We're good. We're good. How are you? Uh, surviving. <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? So it's actually really surprising to hear all about anti-vaxxers in Singapore. I mean, to be honest, I didn't think that that was a thing until you wrote the story of yours. Mm. 
Yeah, well, Singapore is like 90% vaccinated, um, so there's like 10% that are still not, so yeah. So we're wow. talking about some vocal minorities here, right? Oh yeah, definitely. There's like some very, very, very vocal yeah. Very vocal 10 percenters out there. And and your story that you wrote uh, this week, you specifically uh, had a special mention of Iris Ko. Can you tell can you tell us who she is? Yeah, the, the story has like a really hard hitting headline. <laughs> yeah, I think caught a lot of people's attention. Um uh-huh. Iris Ko, she's basically a um forty-six-year-old woman who is this uh, founder of an anti-vax community in Singapore called um, Heeding the Divide. So she has done like a couple of things to piss off the authorities and um, have definitely made herself known to the public as like Singapore's most well-known anti-vaxxer. So before you wrote the story of yours, there's been other incidents that Iris has led that has kind of earned the ire of the authorities, correct? Yeah, correct. Oh, wow. So what can you tell us about Healing the Divide? I mean, have you ever been on it? Have you, you know, accessed the the WhatsApp group or wherever she's she's running the whole show? Yeah, um, I had to do like for research purposes because <laughs> before I had to write the story, I, had to, I have to go and like deep dive into all their stuff. So like the group has been um, very vocal about their views on the vaccine. So they're like frequently sharing and like reporting studies uh, centering around like deaths and like injuries from those who got vaccinated. And they're also very like upset about like how the government is like condemning the different restrictions they have with like the vaccinated and the, the un, uh, unvaccinated. Like the basically that the discrimination against the unvaccinated. So like they share all these like information on their social media and like through like multiple like telegram groups. And like I think I saw this morning they have about like eight thousand members in all in all of their groups. So that's kind of a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, like outside of the group, what do you, what has she done to be like a quote unquote celebrity among Singapore's anti-vax community? Um, I mean, she, she is the face of the group. So, um, last year she got into trouble with the authorities for like urging her followers to like flood public hotlines after the government uh, tried to bar like the unvaccinated from shopping centers. So that really like put her on the map and like, and then she was on your news again because she filed a harassment lawsuit against like Singapore Press Holdings, which uh, owns like our national paper, The Straits Times. So she she filed a harassment lawsuit over this like opinion piece that they did that urged like better treatment for the vaccinated. And then she also like filed like a written motion, you know, arguing against like the COVID health measures. And then she also once went on German television to complain about like how she paid close to thousand dollars every month for all the COVID tests that she needs to do uh, to get into places like shopping malls and like uh, sports halls or whatever. So yeah, she's, um, she's but but but, she's, but surely, surely, um, if she were vaccinated, she wouldn't have to like pay for all those tests to get into all these public places, places, right? Oh yeah, like she's unvaccinated by choice. Like she can get vaccinated, huh. but she doesn't want to. Like yeah. So, so there's actually an easy way for her to save on those thousands of dollars, which she chose not to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And when you say when up. you say it about um flo- about her calling to you know flo- uh, flood those hotlines, did she actually manage to do that with her cronies? Um, she got the attention of the ministry because they immediately like posted on the social media social media telling them to like stop it and like, <laughs> I mean basically I mean oh. most recently she did this um. 
I mean, that, the flooding public hotlines was not the, the most recent thing that she did. The most recent, recent one was uh, when she was called out by the ministry last month for um, overwhelming and harassing like staff at vaccination centres with her questions about the vaccine. So this was when like um, Singapore started vaccinating uh, children 12 years and under last month. So she like sent a message in the group, in her Telegram group chat uh, urging parents to book slots at the vaccination centres so that they can ask the staff qu- questions about their concerns of the vaccines for their children. And then the ministry got upset and then they filed a police report against her. And then she filed one back at them for like false information. <laughs> yeah, what? so that was the latest thing that she did. Wow. So did they actually get to overwhelm the hotlines or it was like they nipped it in the bud before it even started? I think they did. Uh, that's why they. I think they had to uh, send out an advisory to like the public, telling them to like you know stop it, and then um they were like filing police report also against them and all these kind of things just to you know get them to just shut up <laughs> about their questions, which I'm guessing is not like those kind of easy questions. It's more like questions about like how are they certain that the vaccines are safe? You know, like when they are reported deaths in the world, that kind of thing. So yeah, not easy question. Oh. Oh, wow. So what are her justifications for being an asshole then? <laughs> uh, I Thanks, mean, Andra. No. <laughs> <laughs> so like this entire time, she's been saying that uh, they have been trying to pitch questions to the ministry, reaching out to ministers, but none of them replied to her queries about the vaccine. So that's why she has been doing all this. Um, that's why she has to resort to getting her following to make an impact so that she can be heard. Yeah, and she also said that asking questions isn't illegal, so like, why not? And hence, the headline we wrote, because she just wants to be heard. Well, you say that, um, well, she says that, but, you know, Singapore is not exactly the bastion of free speech, right? Do you think she could be, like, charged criminally for this, for all that she's done? I mean, all, all this while, she has only, like, gone through police investigations, so she hasn't been charged uh, legally yet, but... She might be charged for like spreading misinformation and like probably issued like a correction order or something, you know, to amend her articles and reports or even like messages that she sends online if, you know, she continues with this. So yeah, that we don't have like any updates on like her getting, uh, getting like threatened Ill- uh, legally. So for now, no threat of jail time? Nope. So I'm curious, are you still part of that, that WhatsApp group or like the social groups that, that she's created? Am or I part of you it? Like... Oh, yeah. yeah. In, in For Telegram, you, you don't have to like join the group. You can just like peek from outside, oh, <laughs> I guess. Okay. So, so what, yeah. Um, how, how often do you think, like, how active is the group really? Like, is it like the type to just kind of like blow up your, your notifications every oh, now, yeah, yeah. now and then? Or is it, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, lots it's of, like, like it's a lot of links sent through the, the group chats, a lot of reports, a lot of like people arguing with each other in the chat also. So it has a lot of scrolling and stuff. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. So how, like, how prevalent are these actual anti-vax sentiments? And, you know, because Singapore, like, especially in the context of South- Southeast Asia, like, we, we think of it as like this really modern, you know, like progressive country, but how prevalent are these actual anti-vax sentiments on the ground, do you think? Um, not, I, I would say not so much because, I mean, there are no riots like on the roads about like, no, there's no one like preaching with like a megaphone on the streets telling people not to get vaccinated. Um, it's mo- most of the anti-vax stuff is preached online. So as I said earlier, it's like 
over like a hundred thousand people who are not uh, who hasn't got vaccinated yet. Um, and I think for the people who decided to get vaccinated, I think they know that their livelihood will be greatly affected because in the terms of like the restrictions will will get tighter and tighter if they don't get vaccinated, which is what's what's happening now. So yeah, but you but you don't really see like a lot of people. No riots, no nothing. It's just kind of peaceful outside. <laughs> it's just online is a whole nother wall. I I wonder like is there like a profile on like certain people because you're saying that it's in the minority right and you're saying mm. that you know there are people who want to get vaccinated for various reasons like they could get vaccinated because of their jobs but i wonder like what kind of profiles do you think are the kinds of people who would probably be more hesitant in getting the vaccine um i think it's those people who know someone who have died after taking a vaccine so yeah i think they kind of got scared because i mean they know someone who died after taking a vaccine but then some of these people just have like underlying health conditions that so like they don't know the real reason why they died i think i think those are like the kind of people that still doesn't want to get vaccinated yeah so it's a really small sample size then yeah yeah especially in the context of singapore because i don't there's been like a handful of any um deaths related to vaccines right Mm, correct yeah but what are like their most common reasons or excuses like you know that anti-vaxxers have have made that you've maybe come across Mm, i mean one is just not that one like they knew they know someone who died but you don't actually don't don't exactly know Uh, i think another one is that some people they just they say that they don't trust getting like yearly shots um which is kind of weird because like even before the pandemic people have been getting like jab regularly like getting flu shots and stuff like that so i don't know i just maybe they just don't, don't want any anything in their body that they don't need and yet they eat jollibee right yeah <laughs> and mcdonald's <laughs> mcdonald's which i guess <laughs> brings me to my uh, my next question then um, like have, have you found <laughs> Um, like any amusing or even alarming or like downright sad anti-vax conspiracies in uh, in Singapore, like any like really Singapore centric centric con- conspiracies. Because you know we've heard all sorts everywhere, right? Yeah, I'm not sure whether like this is only in Singapore, but I think the saddest one has to be like there's this 65 year old woman who like got convinced by her church friends to ingest uh, ivermectin so is this like parasite medicine that's like commonly used as like a dewormer for horses so like that you know like that's some strong medicine there so she did that in- instead of getting vaccinated and then she was hospitalized and then her friends Aww. told her that the vaccine oh was God. against christianity they said that it, uh, they were sat- satanic and then like her daughter was the one who posted her story online to warn everyone not to do the same and uh, just get vaccinated so that went viral I-, I think it's scary not only because like she almost died but also like how easy people believe one another like when something as easy as their faith is involved and then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they probably listened to um joe rogan but um like I, I get yeah I get what you're saying it's it's sometimes kind of frustrating as well that sometimes people in my circle who are that gullible as well you know and it's frustrating to see and I wish but but if we condemn them then they kind of like stay stay further away from the light you know what I mean definitely yeah, like yeah. it's like talking to a wall yeah I mean mm. the ivermectin thing here like it's still pretty like just yesterday I think I got a like a chain message of how to get ivermectin and i was like mm. what that's 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 crazy 
Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so sad to hear. It's like, you know, when you hear like people like elderly women, like the one you mentioned, like they're the ones who are like so prone to these, you know, these unfounded claims. Yeah. yeah. But but I have like a funny one to bring the mood up. Um, <laughs> Go on. This, this one, <laughs> okay. This, this one was not like from the anti-vaxxers, but it's from those who just got vaccinated. So there's this group of people, we're talking like over a hundred people who genuinely thought that they developed magnetic powers after they got their jab. So there's this group, a telegram group chat of people sharing pictures of like metal objects, like keys and spoons uh, sticking on their like forehead and arms. Um, when in fact, like it could just be because they have like sweaty and oily skin. So mm. yeah, that, that, that one was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have those. We have those. <laughs> yeah, we call funny. we have those as well. We call them the magnetos. <laughs> oh, the magnetos! I wonder, yeah. Andre, did like uh, did a spoon like stick to your arm or something after you got vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, <Can> you try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I have a pretty large nose, so um, a, a spoon would uh, stick on it, whether or not I'm vaccinated. You're vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the way that you wrote the story, Carolyn, like it barely hides the disdain you feel towards her. I mean, like you practically called her. I mean, you didn't practically call her. You literally called her a brainless shill. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. So, like a brainless shill trying to hold Singapore hostage to her, to her weak grasp of reality. Like, wow. I, I love it. I love the wordplay. But um, how would you like? Could you talk to us about that? Like, what was going through your head? Like, is that an accurate observation of your thoughts? So, what was that? Uh, yeah. yeah, so, like, I thought that headline was brilliant. So, but actually, Todd came up with that. Yeah. I, I was thinking that, but I did not write that. But Todd, like, helped me. <laughs> helped me, that's, like... That's um, Coconut's Bangkok. Put that into words. Todd Yeah. Release. I mean, we... Is that an accurate ob- observation? Um, I mean, we don't know her true intentions, uh whether it's for like doing she whether she's doing this for like attention for power or like or that she just really wants to get her answers i mean we've read stories about like anti-vaxxers from like around the world saying like they regretted not getting the vaccine just before they died or something um but yeah i don't know i hope that people will be more savvy with their sources i mean you have like credited medical researchers like doing their work and like publishing like all these reports so like i mean i would trust them better than i would trust like an online group spreading like rumors that are like not proven yeah and i honestly don't know how long these unvaccinated people by choice can keep up with like the tighter restrictions that we have in singapore because it's getting really tight like they are right now they're, they're only allowed to like take away food and like stay at home that's it they can't go into like any malls or anything Wow. I mean, you know, people will really believe what, what they want to believe. Like it's it's like what you said, you know, like you have all these medical journals and researchers coming out saying that, hey, y'all need to get vaccinated. But then, mm-hmm. you know, people would rather, you know, believe their telegram links and whatnot. Like it's 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 such a yeah, like it's like it's like you said, we don't know what her intentions are, but it's sad that there are people who are, you know, still like that after everything you know like with the omicron virus and but anyway like how are you holding up though like how are you dealing with the tightened restrictions in singapore well i'm vaccinated so i can go into malls and everything (laughs) but we just have to keep um you know i mean try not to go out as much still i mean because the omicron cases are rising um we have like over 2000 omicron cases and like we're averaging about like um 800 a day um of COVID cases and then mm. yeah we'll just we're still our restrictions now for like the vaccinated are like kept up to five people per gathering 
and that will continue till the next like holiday, which is the Lunar New Year next month. So yeah, I think the government said they have like no plans as of right now to like relax the restrictions. Mm. Yeah. And are you still masking up? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. That that's still uh that's still compulsory. Okay, I think that's that's really yeah, really a- key. Those masks. I, and I get really anxious seeing like uh, you know images coming from the US or Europe of people not wearing masks. I get really hmm. really anxious looking at them. But you know we I Asians know. we're used to masks. Right, right, exactly. Like you, you ride the subway, you know, you ride the train, you're in the mall, everybody's wearing masks, like whether or not, like, you know, like pre-COVID really. So yeah, it's an yeah. Asian thing. And I get yep. to hide my ugly face. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Okay, <laughs> But I do love the, I do love the anonymity. So yeah, I really, really right? love it. It's like when you run into somebody like you don't really like and instead of like having to force yourself to to conform to social standards and be like and give give that person a fake smile. You could just be like, oops, didn't see you there. Sorry, I didn't recognize you with your mask on. So that's 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 the one thing that I've like personally. Yeah, I did it a lot. Too. I've learned yeah, I've learned right? how to project. I've learned how to project smile a smile um, through my eyes. Oh, wow. Oh. Smizing, <laughs> it kind of just kind of like squint, kind of squint a little. Okay. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll try it later. <laughs> yeah, you so, you, so you're not you're not that much of an asshole. You know? <laughs> I see, I see. Got it. So, are are, are you are, are you implying that I am an asshole, Andra? For for <laughs> probably <laughs> for trying. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mask up. You know that's so important. So yeah, Carolyn, thank you so much. That was a really insightful conversation. And well, we're glad to hear that it's, you know, it's somewhat of a minority that the anti-vax thing hasn't really fully taken over Singapore. So thank you so much for coming on to the episode. And for, Thanks for having yeah, me. For doing interview. Thanks, yeah, Carol. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. Guys. Thanks Carolyn. Thanks. Bye. Right, bye. Bye-bye. You too. Andra, are there any anti-vaxxers in Indonesia? What's with the situation like? Um, you know, uh, quite the contrary. I mean, of course, there are anti-vaxxers in Indonesia, but they're pretty muted. But on the on the contrary, we actually have uh, like vaccine enthusiasm is really really high in Indonesia to the point that we have people jumping the the line kind of for like booster shots and everything. And you know, I'm talking about government officials <laughs> and um, their families <clears throat> and you know like privileged middle class asshole <clears throat> yeah, so. all the while you know like some areas are still unvaccinated blah 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 so yeah that's our problem how about in um the philippines um yeah i would say that you know like miseducation has really kind of like reared its ugly head and it wasn't even the case a couple of years back i feel like but i feel like it's kind of been a long thing that's happening and then you know with the confusion over over covid and everything and then now people are are, are like oh no so what's gonna happen blah 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 so you have like a couple of people like i know sadly a few people from my circle who's like oh you know i'm probably not gonna get vaccinated until you know like quote unquote more studies come out and i'm like girl what studies are you waiting for so, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think overall it's been, it's, it's been okay. It's been picking up, but not where we want it to be fully. Yep. 
yes, uh, this is a good time to say, you know, get yourself vaccinated, protect yourself and protect everybody around you. And um, yeah, that's it for this week. Hey, see, you like my little segue there? That's it for this week. That was smooth. That, that's it for this week for the Coconuts Podcast. I'm Andrew Nasri. It's been fun. And you are? I am Samantha Bolchan. Thank you so much for and joining we'll us. And we'll see you next week. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wonder stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a Patreon payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy our fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Advertise with our in-house agency, Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash grove. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by our journalists on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Samantha Beltran and Andra Nazri. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez. And our editor is Paul Medina. Music